This week's episode is brought to you by SketchWallet. SketchWallet is excited to announce that their brand new, beautifully made canvas option is finally available and flying off their virtual shelves. Not sure what a SketchWallet is? Well, it's a high-quality, portable wallet for artists on the go, designed to carry a mini sketchpad, pencil, and other wallet items. Haven't seen the canvas or classic leather sketch wallet yet? Head to sketchwallet.com tan to see all of their durable art supplies for creatives on the move. Again, that's sketchwallet.com T-A-N. This is the Animation Network. With this podcast, you get to tune in every week to hear top industry professionals in my network discussing network animation. Our goal here is to bring you effective tips, tricks, secrets, and practices for breaking into and navigating through the current landscape of TV animation. I'm your host, Chris Wimberly. Thanks for tuning into the network today. Welcome back to another episode of the Animation Network podcast. I'm happy to bring you another fantastic episode. And as we start to wrap up the end of the season, I was really looking forward to sharing this episode with you because it was so much fun to record. And Brent is such a hilarious person. And also about this episode, we talk a lot about creating your own content and your own films. So if that's something you're interested in, definitely stay tuned. This episode has a lot of great moments in it. Some funny, some deep and serious, a whole mix and I just can't wait for you to listen to it. So without further ado, here's Brent Sievers. <laughs> you said to start I'm gonna recording. Start, I'm going to start to clam up. I'm not going to be able to it's okay. speak openly. It's all right. If I know I'm on camera. This is your time. Okay. Okay. I feel good. You feel good. Yeah. Let's do this. Okay. So welcome to an episode of the Animation Network podcast. It's good to be here. Oh, it's great to have you. Glad to uh, see the enthusiasm. So we have a really cool guest with us today, and I'm excited for this episode because it's going to be different from what we usually do. Different type of person on than who we usually have, and I think it's going to be super amazing. So I'm going to stop talking, let you introduce yourself because they don't even know who a you are. A different kind of person. A different kind of cool person. Cool, that's right. So how about Kids, you, you want to be just like me. <laughs> Yes, we all do. Um, so why don't you tell us your name, where you work, what you do? All right. The name's Brent Seavers. Um, for a long time, I've been an unemployed independent animator. So you too can work for six months, quit your job, and then not be employed for another eight months and make your own stuff. Go to film festivals, um, be a starving artist. And recently, I just got a job at BuzzFeed, so we'll see how long that lasts, (laughs) hopefully for a while. And what do you do at BuzzFeed? Um, I am currently on their brand new animation team, which consists of about six people. It's probably their, like, smallest department right now, and they're just trying out different stuff and just seeing what sticks for them. Okay, okay. Sounds cool. We all love BuzzFeed. Yeah. Yeah. Who doesn't like BuzzFeed? <laughs> who doesn't? What's the age demographic of this podcast? Um, I would say we have a lot of students who listen in. Mm-hmm. And actually, it's kind of like the range is pretty pretty wide. So why don't we go back to the beginning of things before you like got to your job and everything that you've been working on. Okay. okay. So we're going to start at a place that we are both very familiar with. RISD. The Rhode Island School of Design. Yes. Our, our favorite place where you actually graduated out of the same department mm-hmm. as I did. Their film, animation, and video. So can you talk a little bit about like your undergrad years there and if you knew kind of what you wanted to do afterwards or mm. did you kind of feel things out as you were there? What was it like? Yeah. I didn't know what I wanted to do because everybody who sort of you know, everybody draws. So like all my friends wanted to go into illustration. I'm sure you've probably encountered these people. Yes, yes. Industrial design and illustration. That's like RISD's bread and butter. There's like 300 people that go into those departments every year. There's just so many of them. And, you know, I was like, I've been illustrating my whole life. I think I'm going to do something else. I think I'm going to make the illustrations move from now on. And so I saw 
the senior showcase from the past few years and I was like, this sounds like a good deal. I think I'm going to just hop into this department and yeah, the rest was history. I was just like, man, I can draw my own film by myself and I don't need like expensive film equipment. I just need Mm -hmm. a pencil and paper and a microphone and I'm good to go. So animation was like the thing you're like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm just going to jump right it. I don't know how to do it. I'm just, I'm going to figure it out. And I did it, you know. Did you do any like internships while you were at school or did they mostly come after school? And like what sort of projects did you end up working on if you did do any internship type things? Like, <clears throat> like industry stuff? Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, oh God, what did I do? I did like, I did a couple. I did, I did one my junior year for this company called The Wilderness in New York, which was a super tiny like motion graphic studio and that was kind of fun I got to do like a lot of my own kind of stuff because they were in between projects a lot and they always got drunk with clients which was super cool because you can't (laughs) do that in every studio and they brought over like I remember my last day they had like the Martha Stewart people over maybe cut this out but they had the Martha Stewart people over and they just like got super wasted with us and we all stayed at the studio till like 11 that night Martha Stewart people get pretty wild like I'm just gonna say that right now like if you want to have a good time go party with the Martha Stewart legal team okay um yeah and that was that was a blast I mean I got to just hang out in New York for a summer it wasn't the most like stimulating work but like I don't know it was just it's a fun vibe to like yeah. be 20 and hanging out in New York. Um, then I went to LA my next summer and I worked at another like small studio um, called Animax, which I don't know if it's still around. They did some stuff for Disney back in the day. And that's just kind of how I learned about Flash. And yeah, that was my first like taste of like actual industry stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. And you were just, were you animating on those projects too? Or was it kind of like a mix of different things they had you? Uh, I was brought on as, as an animator. I mostly did animation for them. My friend Sarah hopped on with us and she was like an illustrator. And sometimes we do like a little of each other's jobs. Um, but yeah, that was my first kind of like legit animation thing I did. Oh, and I got paid, which wasn't a thing back oh, then. okay. Y'all are spoiled. <laughs> Y'all get money now. Um, I think that's like a California law, right? Yeah, I think they... Well, actually, I don't, I don't know. I wouldn't... I know it, for a lot of like the studios and stuff, it changed because they weren't mm-hmm. paying and then they're like, oh, yeah. now we have to I know <laughs> Nick wasn't paying. I yeah. know Cartoon... None of you guys were paying. <laughs> it was some like child labor. But like... I felt so good because I had people I knew working at like DreamWorks and all these places like internships, but weren't getting paid. And I got like, I don't know, like 10 bucks an hour or something to be there. And, you know, I made a hefty chunk of change. I could almost pay my rent that summer. Okay. So, yeah, pretty proud of that one. (laughs) So you do that. You're at school. You work on your film. Your film Mm -hmm. was done. You graduate. Then what happens? What do you do next? What do I do next after my degree project? Yeah. So after graduation is done and you're kind of. Oh, boy. Because I know a lot of RISD <laughs> people, they either like stay in New York or mm-hmm. they come to L.A. or maybe they go somewhere in between that for a little while. Yeah. Well, I mean, like most New England babies who just graduate from school, I just kind of stuck around Boston a little bit. I lived with my significant other at the time. Uh, just kind of like latched on to her real life, adult life, and didn't have to pay rent for a while. Uh, and I didn't have a job, so that was cool. Um, and then I just did some freelance for like The Atlantic. Mm-hmm. If y'all don't know what that is, it's just a newspaper or like a magazine in DC. Um, did some editorial animation for them, and I had the opportunity to maybe move down to DC and be full-time there but at the time I had just gotten like some interest in like a pilot I was pitching in LA so I was I ditched that and I just moved to LA after like a couple months out of school or a couple months of living in living in Boston and then I just stuck around in LA for like three years and that was kind of my deal and now you're here and now I'm here you've been flash here. forward 
three years. I'm still here. They I can't leave. Can't they get won't rid let of you. Me. <laughs> I've tried. You, once you're here, you're if here you're, forever. If you're listening to this, please, someone buy me a ticket out of LA. <laughs> I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah, don't worry. We all say that. We all say it. We <laughs> Tiara, can't leave. you've confessed multiple times to wanting to leave. <laughs> yeah, guys, I'm actually cuffed to the table right now. None of you can see this. I'm going to have to cut this out. I'm going to have to cut this out. Um, okay, so about your pilot, mm-hmm. so which is, I think, pretty cool, but I know we kind of talked about it before and your thoughts on it, so I just want to ask you about it again. Like, what mm-hmm. was that process like of pitching your short to Frederator and then actually getting it picked up and now you're working on it? Because I know for a lot of people, they're like, oh, that is the goal. Like, especially after graduating and you're like, that's the big thing. If you can make that happen, you're good. So what was that like you for you? You got it made. <laughs> you got it made, kid. Um, yeah, that's like, man, that is the one thing I hear from everybody like in the industry. It's just, I want to make a pilot. Or like, I want to run the show. I want to be the boss. Um, what was the question? Was it? Well, what, what was it like for you? Like, like the process? It? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, like, I was really bad at it. So, I had to pitch, like, something like six times before the Freighter people were just like, fine, you can make it. Stop coming here. Um, I mean, they like they liked my work beforehand, so that's, like, a good way to get your foot in the door is, like, make good stuff on your own. Um, and the process was good. I mean, I didn't know how to board for TV, so they kind of had to teach me. Um so, I mean, yeah, that was kind of the deal is I would just come in a lot and just get my boards torn apart by them. And then I also did the designs. I did some, like, prop stuff. I did a lot of stuff for it mm. um, kind of on my own time. And it was good. It was a lot. It was. It didn't just kind of all happen at once. And I don't think it always does from what I understand from other people. Yeah. There's a lot of bureaucracy that comes with making shorts um you gotta wait a long time before they're just like okay fine here's money to make it um and then they have to like you know do voice recording find voice actors get people on backgrounds just hire new people for it and it actually all in all it took about two years there are a few gaps in between like waiting to make it like for signing contracts Mm. like there's just all sorts of turmoil in the company and just stuff going on so, you know, I don't think it always takes that long for people, but for me, it took a while and I didn't really think, expect that. Like, I was like, oh, I'm going to crank this thing out in like a few months. Oh. It's going to be out by the end of the year. You know, that's what I thought in 2015. Look, it's 2017 and it's not coming out till January of next year. So, mm. I mean, just be aware of that. And, you know, after all said and done, it's probably not even going to become a series. So, <laughs> it's not all sunshine and rainbows for making pilots well i know there are some people that listen in and like they want to make their own short Mm -hmm. so what is something you wish you knew before you started working on yours and something that like you know if anyone who's listening if this is like you know one of their goals to Mm -hmm. make a short somewhere what's some advice for them on how to like either prepare for it or kind of what to expect when you're actually in that position to be like the head of your own project with all these people working under you or with you, not under you maybe, but you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I heard from a very prolific animator once said that he was glad that he had the time to sort of develop his own voice and produce his own content for many years before he was given the chance to make a short. Cause there are a lot of people who you know, out of school, they're pretty good and they're usually like sometimes they're just given it like in their 20s or something mm-hmm. or just like right out of school, 23. Here's a here's a pilot. Go make a pilot. That's kind of like Clarence, you know? Yeah. Uh, he's really good. That guy's amazing. And that turned out well for him. But a lot of cases you'll get these kind of like young people who are pretty inexperienced but have a lot of like big ideas who will, you know, they'll make a short and it won't turn out super good. And they probably won't, and they don't usually get another opportunity to make something for another few years before they've like had more time in the industry. And for me, I had the same kind of feeling 
Like I had been making a lot of shorts before then, but part of me wishes I'd had more time to like make my own stuff, get better at writing, voice acting, directing voice actors, doing that kind of stuff before I had been like handed thousands of dollars to boss people around. Because I wanted to be confident and I wanted to like be like, okay, like I'm in charge. Like I'm going to tell people exactly what to do. But there were a lot of steps along the way where I was like, damn, like I didn't, I've been giving her a lot of direction, but it hasn't really been steering it in like a good, good way I wanted it to go. Um, so I've had to kind of back off from like directing certain aspects of it. Um, but yeah, I would say be make just make your own stuff for a while like if you can make something by yourself like with voice actors because you can't make silent films um make stuff by yourself for a few years i'm gonna say make 10 shorts minimum that was the richard that's like the richard linklater Mm. like thing he said he made like something like 12 shorts before he had his first breakout film success so i'd say make kids listening at home make 10 things like 10 like good things i'm not talking like gifts i'm not talking like, from like full start to finish start to finish shorts i'm you know it can be like a minute make but you know make like at least 10 things give it some time spend a couple years making mm-hmm. making some shorts and then i give uncle brent gives you permission to go out <laughs> And pitch something because that's kind of what I wish I did. I think I was up to like six or seven by the time I had like pitched my thing, and I was like, you know, if I had made those other three shorts, maybe it would have turned out a little better. Not to say it's gonna turn out bad. I think it turned out pretty okay. But like, you know, you're gonna like hit a home run your first time if you've done the work and worked up to it to that point. Mm, nice, good advice. Good advice. Well, speaking about making your own stuff, which is super important. Mm-hmm. And I agree if you can like actually finish a project, cause I know that's my problem starting something and I'm like, oh, but you know, this would be cool. Mm-hmm. And then not finishing anything, but have started 10 different things. Right. Um, you actually participate in loop the loop and you actually won the cartoon network one. So kind of talk about like what the benefit of participating in something like that for people who are like, well, I'm, I'm awful at finishing things. Mm-hmm. Yes. Many benefits. So I'm going to say three things okay. that are essential to making things, like just getting them done. Because films are very difficult to finish. It's probably the most labor-intensive thing you're going to do um, art-wise. So it's important to have, one, a clear theme or springboard, like jumping-off point, to get your brain rolling. And that's one thing they provide is a theme. So like the last one was power. And so immediately you don't have to be in this nebulous state where you're like, what the hell do I make a film about? Like you got something, it's power, you know? So it can kind of go off the rails from there. Also it has to loop. So like, there you go right off the bat. Mm -hmm. You're like, your brain's already firing off. You know, those synapses are going. You're like power, but it's got a loop. Like what's a power loop? Do I charge my phone? It runs out of batteries. I got to charge it again. Uh, Like, you know, power cycles, like people in power. Like, you know, you just start thinking Mm. of stuff. Okay, that's important. Number one. Number two, um, time constraint. You got two months to make it. Um, That is the, okay, number two is the most important thing. If you're going to take away anything from these three things I'm listing, pay attention to number two because I'm going to, talk about a physics thing which is volume expansion which is liquids and gases will conform to the shape of their container however large or small it is so basically what that means is if you give yourself a large amount of time you will finish that film in a large amount of time if you give yourself like two months like loop to loop does you will finish it in two months because you don't have a choice Um, you know, same thing with like making something in a day. If you give yourself a day, you're going to make something that will be finished in a day. So that's a good thing to keep in mind. Um, especially since I see most people's problem is they do not give themselves a time constraint. Mm -hmm. And that is the root cause of not finishing 
every anything about like 90% of the time, I think for most people, because if you give yourself like an infinite window of time to finish something and you're like, I'm going to make a 20 minute film and finish it in the future, then (laughs) you will never get that film done. I can guarantee you like this has happened to me multiple times. Um, And I can speak from experience that time is the most important constraint you can put on any kind of art project. And it will only make it better if you give yourself a solid set amount of time that's not too long to finish something. All right, number two. Number three is the screening at the end, which is also very important. With Loop to Loop, they screen them in several major cities like around the world. Um, And if you're in like New York or LA, like you get a chance to actually go and see an audience reaction to your film. And that is super important because on the internet, you know, something might blow up and people might leave comments, but really can't get much of an impression for how your film is unless you kind of witness an audience reacting to every point in the film. Mm. So you get to see what sort of was funny, what was emotional, what shocked people. And that's, that's invaluable. Like, like I love seeing films in front of an audience because that's, that's the whole thing. Like I have no idea if the film's any good until I see people like react to it. Um, And that's kind of the same you know, logic with at school, we make degree projects, we make junior films, and they always screen at the end of the year. And we screen them in class too, but we also screen them in front of hundreds of people. Mm-hmm. And that also kind of lights a fire under your ass because you have to make something that you're willing to show in front <laughs> of like hundreds of people. And for the case of like Loop to Loop, uh, I'm always thinking about like, okay, this theater holds like 300 people. I don't want like, a bad film that 300 people are going to like awkwardly not laugh at or not react to and just kind of sit there in silence as it goes on. So having like an audience is super valuable. Having a theme and something to get your mind rolling is super valuable. And having a time constraint is extremely valuable. And the fact is you can do these things on your own, like get your friends to like, just give you a random thing like theme that you can't control you know, give yourself like a weekend to make something. Um, just you, you got to give yourself like, like just solid parameters and constraints. Like we always think about art, like an art we make by ourselves. It's like, oh, we don't have to do stuff for the man. We don't have to do stuff for this show yeah. we're working on. Like this is my own thing. I can do whatever I want. But that is actually the death of creativity. That will kill you and that will not make your project work you have to like sit yourself down and be like i'm gonna finish this thing in a week or die trying and it's going to be based off this dumb idea i had last week and then you just make it and you finish it oh that's another thing finish it don't like (laughs) start something there was another quote i was thinking i'm trying to think of Anyway, what it basically boils down to is it doesn't have to be good. It just has to be finished. I think a lot of people have said that yeah, before. Yeah, finished not perfect. Finished not perfect. A lot of ways to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, that is super valuable. I think there's a lot of films I've made that I'm not super proud of. In fact, if I'm going to be totally honest, I think my power loop was one of my weakest loops. Um, the one I made for Cartoon Network. But the fact is I finished it. And like that's the important part. And it's out there. And you know what? It won. Like I wasn't super proud of it, but it won. So, like, you never know. Like, sometimes people will react to stuff better than you do to your own stuff. Um, And, you know, like, it only really matters what you put out into the world. If you just have something sitting on your hard drive forever, like, no one's going to see it. No one's going to care. And the fact is, I have a film I made, like, last year. And I spent, I spent, like, eight months on it. And it's, like, I thought it turned out beautiful. Like, there was great sound design. Just ultimately, I just, it was just kind of a sad film. And I was in a very sad place a couple of years ago when I started making it. And then I just kind of got happier again. And suddenly the film didn't resonate with me anymore. I just wasn't in that place. I just kind of shelved it. And I was like, ah, I'm just going to kind of work on it like here and there. And then I was just like, I don't know. Like, I just never finished it. And I was like, you know what? I just don't have the motivation to do this. And I always kind of wonder, I'm like, maybe I should have finished it um, just to say it was done. And I kind of wish I did, but 
at this point, I've just got too many other things I'm working on and I'm excited about. So for now, the boy and the dog short, it's not going to happen. Um, maybe when I'm sad again, I'll return to the boy and the dog short. I just need to, I just need to get myself sad again. I don't know. <laughs> Well, let's uh, avoid you getting sad for a while. <laughs> I said, let's avoid you getting sad for a while. As long right. as Maybe this... if things are good. All right. Ask <laughs> me some tough questions. We'll get sad again. Okay. Okay. Well, I know you actually, like you were saying, you like to make your own shorts and you've been making your own stuff for a while, like in between, like going from different jobs. And so how important is that for you to kind of have that time to just create your own thing? Mm-hmm. Because it seems like it's become kind of a part of your, mm-hmm. I don't want to say like routine or cycle, but like, you know, you're working and then you have some time to like, okay, I'm going to take this time, work on my stuff, focus on that. And then like, okay, it's like, I'll come back to whatever this other project or job mm-hmm. is. Yeah. You don't have to work in the industry, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> that's another thing I notice. Everybody wants to work at like Disney Cartoon Network or Nick and... I was really happy because I went to that like recruiter or like they had like a mixer at a bar. And I remember like one of the speeches that the recruiter gave was so good because I wish more people would. And it was like, she was like, yo, we hire like 30 people a year. We're not going to be able to like give all 200 people here a job. And like, grant, like there are like a thousand people that probably go to CTN, probably more. And you just gotta, you gotta realize, guys, you're not all gonna work at Disney and Cartoon Network and Nick and DreamWorks. And I mean, I didn't. Look how I turned out. Um, But, like, a lot of people want animation and want artists. And you kind of have to realize that, like, branch out, you know? I didn't think I'd be working at BuzzFeed. I wasn't, like, the biggest BuzzFeed watcher or reader, but... I just kind of heard about this position they had and I was like, you know what? Let's give it a shot. Let's, let's see what Buzzfeed has to offer. And you know what? It's, it's turning out pretty good. I, um, I'm really into it, but you know, while you're not in the industry, like just, you know, you can find opportunities everywhere. Like work for the New York times, the Atlantic, like editorial stuff. That's really cool. You get to work out your brain muscles. Um, You know, there's like all kinds of... I remember my friend Simeone was um, entertaining the idea of making animations to a company like lawyers, like in court, like for like (laughs) auto accidents and like just try to like, like make animated diagrams of like, like visualizations for the jury and like court proceedings. (laughs) um like injury court and you know you could do something like that i don't know find something weird and creative to do with your animation challenge and you know realize that like most tv or like feature animation jobs they're very specific to like whatever style of show or movie you're working on you're not gonna be like super creative like you were in school no one's gonna like ask for your opinion on a lot so i would say branch out make your own stuff have fun and just kind of like be open to like other opportunities and there you know there are other industries that would like an animator's help and most of the time they pay pretty good too because no one there knows how to animate or draw so you're in you're in high demand in these other fields whereas you try to work at nick and they're like a hundred other board artists who only want to do board art and you're probably not as good as them. Yep. That's uh, <laughs> so, so the moral that's, of the story. The is. moral of the story is don't follow your dreams. Uh, <laughs> go work for traffic accident lawyers and <laughs> there's something going there, but yeah, if there's you something, there's some advice <laughs> buried in there. I don't know if, because I know a lot of people want to end up in the industry mm-hmm. and basically, you know, it's not the end of the world if you don't. Yeah. There are other things it's out there. It's definitely not. Be, be, like, like, there was a long time where I was doing tests and I was like, I got to work in the industry. Like, that's the thing to do. And at the end of the day, I think I'm happier that I didn't get those jobs 
because I know people who did and they sort of didn't have time or energy to work on their own stuff. You know, you have to work overtime a lot. And, you know, they kind of got stuck just in this one job. And then when they get laid off, they just sort of have to do the whole, like, looking for a job in that specific job they were doing. Like, if they were a designer, they're just looking for other design jobs. And I don't know. It's it's for some people, but it's not for everybody. So keep in mind, you might, might not be one of those people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking about your job, speaking of, which you know now you've been there for a little while now. I know it's still like very soon, but yeah, what is weeks. like been there for two weeks? What's it been like so far? Like, what's a normal workday look like for you? Right, that's the cool thing I think about BuzzFeed um, is you are kind of in charge of your own content creation there which is cool like there's not a very set hierarchy like we have a boss who kind of supervises some stuff but ultimately like you can kind of just go off the rails doing whatever you want and just sort of report at back at the end of the month and say like oh we made this this and that um it involves a lot of meetings like i'm working on a project for a couple of really big BuzzFeed shows, which is like, I just started and they were like, oh, we need like, we're going to do like an animated special for our show. And like, I, I watched this show like before I got the job and I was like, holy shit, like I'm already doing a, doing an animated version of this like super popular BuzzFeed show. Um, and like, I just have free reign over it. Like I'm going to do whatever I want. Um, and that's, that's really cool to have that kind of freedom. Like you don't get that. Like it, most places um and they just kind of care about results they're like you know if you can make stuff by yourself like fine if you can make stuff with other people like great like Mm -hmm. let's see what you got and we also get emails for like casting and like their live action videos so i'm actually gonna do one on tuesday (laughs) like like they needed a sketch artist like really bad for one of their like i don't know one of the many like hundreds of buzzfeed videos that they're like like guys draw themselves as anime characters or like something like that i think that was one of them but like this is kind of like in that vein and they were just like we need a sketch artist and i was just like first first time i heard of it i was just like i'm doing it i want to be a buzzfeed star so i was like so i'm just like doing that on tuesday and the fact is you really don't know what you're gonna do day to day like we have a couple long-term projects we're working on but like i don't know like sometimes they're just like today we're just gonna try out new ideas like here's a thing we're working on like everybody just do something for this and like it's really it's it's awesome it's a really good creative environment like you just get to mess around and experiment all the time and the people there really like it I think it's a great a great place to be if you're more self-motivated um yeah if they if they if BuzzFeed has any more openings and you're the kind of like independent spirit kind of person I would definitely definitely check out buzzfeed um or any other kind of like editorial thing when i was working at the atlantic it was the same kind of same kind of spirit they just gave me a sort of like a script or like some audio and be like oh we need we need visuals for this you know Mm -hmm. and i just turned in stuff to them and they're like ah it was great um and you just kind of get to do what you want without a whole lot of oversight um it's, it's a great great feeling yeah, it sounds a lot like being back at school again, where it's like, here's the yeah. the prompt or the homework assignment, and then it's like, do whatever you want. And yeah, exactly. In fact, like, since I've been there, uh, they've started doing... So do you remember, like, the animation a day thing like we did? In oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we're doing that, like, bi-weekly now, or, like a, couple, like, a couple times a month, I think. But we're just taking a day out to, like make whatever we want just like based on something and that's ah god that's so cool like that's just something i would do by myself but i get to get paid for it like it's sick um and that's a great way to just come up with new stuff really fast um they're taking it that's kind of like the model that the hello kitty company saw sanrio sanrio titmouse kind of does something like that they have five second day oh yeah yeah that's sort of blown up for them um but, like, it's that same sort of spirit where it's just, like, you know, we're just going to take off company time to just go nuts and experiment. And, like, that is that is so cool that we get to do that all the time. Um, 
Yeah, and you know, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have even looked at this job if I had gotten something on DreamWorks or Nickelodeon, you know? I'd probably still be there. Um, but I'm really glad that this sort of worked out for me. Yeah. Yeah. Now that you've had the chance to, you've worked a couple of different jobs, you've seen like, and it's been like a whole spread of experience of doing different things at different places Mm -hmm. and also working on your own stuff. Mm -hmm. So I was actually wondering if you see yourself wanting to like make another short in the future. Do you want to stay more independent and making your own kind of content or in in like Mm -hmm. a position like BuzzFeed where they kind of give you more freedom? Mm -hmm. Or do you see yourself trying to go and you know, do the testing and that whole industry route. Mm-hmm. Where are you at right now? Um, Yeah, I'm trying to figure that out. I'm working on like a nine minute short right now that's been going on since earlier this year. Um, and so I'm just, in terms of for personal work, that's kind of been my, uh, my focus is to get that done by the end of the year. Um, but... This is, it's an interesting job just because I've never had a job where I've been doing the stuff that I've been doing by myself, like at home without pay incentive. So to get paid to do that, like I put a lot of energy into this new job so far. Like I've been really motivated to do stuff. Um, And that's sort of filled that void a little bit of what I needed to do with other jobs where I'd go home and have to work on my own stuff. Um... So it's, yeah, it's interesting because like I know a lot of people who work in other studios sort of go home and they're like, oh, I have my own comic I work on. I do fan art. I do writing. I do this other stuff on the side to sort of fill that creative void. But at BuzzFeed, I've sort of had the opportunity to fill that void at my actual job, which is amazing. Um, But it's sort of left me with this feeling of like, well, I don't feel as motivated to like do personal work now Mm. um so it's only been a couple weeks but once i get this big short done i'll be curious to see how i feel about making stuff on the side or if i'm gonna spend time at home doing getting my other life things together i don't know we'll see i think i think uh yeah it's gonna be interesting i think i think i am gonna like still try to keep doing my own stuff while i'm at this job just kind of keep my keep my brand alive you know i got all 900 followers on vimeo are like eagerly awaiting my next upload i can't can't let them down you can't leave them behind i can't leave my my people behind you know um (laughs) so you know there's gonna be there's gonna be good stuff coming out for all three of you listening to this who know who i am (laughs) um (laughs) Otherwise, it's cool. I think BuzzFeed's actually crediting people on their animation content now. So I'll actually get to like have... (laughs) Like millions of views on your... Millions of views. I mean, it's going to be on BuzzFeed and it's going to be a little sort of dictated by what they want. But like, that's going to be really nice to have a new audience to show work to. Um, And that's, that's a valuable thing. And then who knows, maybe in a few months I'll be making a Why I Left BuzzFeed animation and I'll just be <laughs> railing against them on the same podcast being like, oh, it's just a, such a awful corporate environment. They just, <laughs> they've been running me, <laughs> running me so hard. Um, yeah, but, you know, so far so good. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so since you're doing all this creative stuff, mm-hmm. just using that creative energy all day, every day, what do you do outside of work to kind of stay motivated or to kind of like refresh after you've gone through a whole week of working on mm-hmm. stuff at work and your own stuff at home? Yeah. Do you still do more animation stuff or do you do something completely different that's just like not even in the same world? Yeah, I rock climb. That's like my exercise thing. And I know that's been a very popular thing with like animators and creatives. I see a lot of Cartoon Network people hitting the hitting the rock wall. Um, I recommend finding an exercise thing. That's good. Also, okay, people shit on video games all the time. I'm going to say video games have been integral to my creative success 
right? Controversial opinion here. Okay, okay. I think video games are actually very important. So find something that's like, so I like Overwatch a lot. I used to play League of Legends. You know, find one of these games that like you can sort of sit down with and play a couple games for like an hour just to sort of use different parts of your brain for a while. Because I hear from people all the time, it's like, oh, like, I can't play games because I'm wasting my time when I get home. And, like, I'm, I got to, like, sit down and draw some more when I get home. But, like, your brain gets burned out so easily if it's doing one thing all day. So, like, if I'm at work, like, drawing and using a tablet and sketching and I go home and do the same thing, like, I'm super unproductive. And maybe that works for some people. But I know for a lot of people, it's like, if they they'll just burn themselves out like if they just go home and just straight up do the same thing so i'm gonna tell you guys to (laughs) download a game that you can just sort of mindlessly like i think twitch shooters are a really good one because they allow you to sort of abnegate from your life for an hour or an hour and a half and just sort of refresh your brain it's like hitting refresh you know yeah then when you're done playing the game then i'm like super productive and i can get a lot done whereas i remember like a couple years ago i uninstalled league of legends because i was like i feel like i could be doing more if i just didn't have this game like taunting me on my (laughs) desktop and i didn't really i wasn't any more productive i was just kind of like i got more restless doing art like I just had to, like, it was a lot more just, like, pushing myself. Like, I didn't feel like making art. I just kind of forced myself to make art. And that shouldn't be how you want to make art. Like, you should be excited to. And, like, after you're done playing a round of Overwatch, I'm just like, yeah, let's do it. I'm fucking ready to sit down and, like, make a film. Like, let's do it. And, like, I'm way more productive in those last few hours of the day because I've had that time to, like, recharge and relax with video games. Um, so, you know, don't feel guilty about playing games, guys. Games are good. Games are your friend. Yeah. Um, it's all about abnegation. Just don't... Not thinking about work. Not thinking about art for a good couple hours of the day. Not working yourself too hard. And that's how you make good art, you know? It's when you're having fun doing it. Yeah, you just remind me that... I still need to finish playing Kingdom Hearts. I've been on the last uh, boss battle for at least, I want to say, four months now. Girl, I know. Come on. And it's I just have to I just have to finish it. Like Sephiroth I'm at I'm already at the kill end. Himself, you I know? know. I assume that's the last boss. Maybe that's what I'll do after this. Just knock it out so I can say it's done. Mm-hmm. But okay. Yeah, Tiara okay. Tiara's eyeing her PlayStation right now. Right you guys. now, it's just she's waiting just, for she's me. She's been looking longingly <laughs> at it all morning. I've been trying to pull her away to do this interview, and I got her to sit here for a good 40 minutes, so, you know. It's worked out so far. It's worked out so far. You know, the second this is over, she's hit she's hit stop. She's going to, like, bolt over to her PlayStation and kill that last boss. Yes. <laughs> um, so another question that I have for you is, you know, since you're doing all this creative stuff, what kind of keeps you motivated or driven to keep bringing like a passion to your work and your your job and your projects I don't know I (laughs) I just I kind of have like reverse writer's block where I get too many ideas and then I want to do too many things and so it's just kind of like it's just like I don't know it's like an itch you know it's like I got multiple itches on my body and I gotta scratch them all (laughs) <laughs> like it's just it's just like if I get a good idea it's like I can't let it go to waste you know I just have to make it um I don't know the fame the fortune <laughs> maybe that's all I want just driven it's just I like just a your body's just like hey we're making this thing it's yeah. happening yeah and it's kind of it's a muscle you know like you don't you're not always motivated And I'd say there was, I mean, like the first few years of like being in animation and doing it, it was like, I wasn't always motivated all the time. And I had to force myself to sort of, you have to train yourself to be creative. You know, you have to like get yourself in the mindset of 
generating ideas all the time. You can't let yourself become stagnant. But like once you do, it's kind of like, I think it's kind of akin to those people who like quit sugar or, or become vegan or something. It's like, at first it's hard and you have to like, not like really resist eating meat or eating sugar. But after like a few years, it just becomes second nature. And you're like, I don't even, I don't even care. Like I wouldn't even, I don't even want meat anymore. Like it's not even something I think about. And so that's kind of like how it is for me and like making films it's it's like I don't I don't think about it as much anymore it's like it's not like this matter of like I have to sit down and like make something you know it's just kind of like I just do just because I've just been doing it for so many years now it's like when I get home like that's one of my first inclinations is to turn on my tablet and just kind of do some work on whatever project I'm working on you know it just like it just becomes second nature and you know anybody can anybody can be good at it anybody can be creative but you gotta have to you have to power through it initially i think um yeah okay okay yeah it seems like once you have the habit down of like you come home and then it's like yeah i'll just like draw yeah for like five minutes yeah it doesn't have to be a lot yeah exactly i mean right now my my uh my routine has been like I don't want to work. So I like play, I play video games for like a couple hours when I get home and then I'm like, Oh God, I'm ready to work again. Mm-hmm. But you know, I don't like, it's so bizarre to hear. I'm sure a lot of artists relate to this, but like you hear about people that like have like normal lives and like are able to watch Netflix, like when they get home and like, <laughs> like, I don't like, it's just so fascinating to me, like hearing from like relatives, like, or just like people who don't have art jobs and they're just like, I'm just like, what did you do? Like, last night and they're like oh like I went out got drinks with friends got home watched a bunch of Netflix like took my dog for a walk and went to bed or it's like what'd you do over the weekend it's like oh like just had a super packed weekend where I was like super social super doing everything and I'm like like for me I'm always like it's always like okay well I'm gonna go home and work for a few hours most nights of the week like (laughs) and then it's not like I don't factor in like social stuff but like if something comes up I'm like like that's like that's like secondary to me that's like okay if you like two or three nights a week I'm gonna like go out and be social and hang out with people but like most of my time I try to like allocate to like I don't know I just think of like I gotta work on stuff right like doesn't everybody have to work like on (laughs) on stuff like their personal projects I'm like but it's like I don't know I guess if you're a a doctor a lawyer an HR person you don't really think about going home and doing your personal HR project or something. It's like, yeah, or you have other hobbies, but you know, art's just like a way of life. You just kind of eat, breathe, sleep art. So yeah, it's a, it's a different part of the brain. It's a different, it's a different way of life. I guess I've just, this has just become my life. I guess I need, maybe I need to be more social. Now you're stuck here forever. I'm stuck. I'm stuck, you guys. <laughs> like I said, someone call the police. I need to get out of here. <laughs> I want a normal life. I want to get out of here. Well, we're going to go to uh, the next question. Okay. Probably most important. Most important. Yes. Let's do it. Uh, Hard-hitting is... question. This is, yeah, it's, it's, this one makes you think. Okay. Um, and it will really get to the core of your soul. Oh. So. Okay. I'd, just hope you're ready for it. That's what all the crystals have been for. You're yeah. trying to like, oh my God. The crystals oh. and the candles around here. Oh my gosh. Now it's why. Okay. We know why. The crystals and the can. I was like, is she trying to seduce me? I don't know what's <laughs> going on. But now I get it. My chakra is aligned. I'm ready for this last question. Let's okay. hear it. What is your animated go-to movie or show to watch? <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. You saved... You save the best for last. You Obviously. don't. You don't beat around the bush. I'm a on the hard-hitting reporter here. This is this is some real. This is real shit. Like <laughs> we've been like tiptoeing around the subject for a long time, but now we're gonna hear the true. We're here. The root. The root here. My favorite animated thing. Yes. Oh man. Okay. Big question. So whenever I hear this, I always convert it in my head to if you could put something in your top five, because it's all it's so hard to like 
just pick say one what your favorite is so i always i'm like what would be in your top five movies yeah. and then you can kind of get something out of people man if i'm super honest i don't have as good an animated diet as i did sort of in school i've been i've been kind of like man i've been slacking i gotta be real i uh i've been doing a lot i've been trying to get caught up on a lot of the like black and white like old movies like make my way through the kurosawa film catalog um let's see okay but we're doing animated films i saw my life as a zucchini on netflix recently oh i wanted to see that great film um i don't know what it is about french films and you know adoption there was i also saw a film at ottawa called approved for adoption so also a french film so i'm like all right there's there's a little theme going on here um great great stop motion film very very touching um let's see what else the miyazaki film i've seen more than any others there's two uh castle of castle cagliostro oh yeah, uh, yeah. lupon the third I think that that is like one of the most underrated like advent action adventure films. It's God, it's so good. It's like the first one he's directed, but it's like you can watch that film infinitely. It's so the characters are amazing. The action sequences are perfectly chore- choreographed. It's just such a it's such a good film. It's like better than any James Bond film. Um. Oh, and Whisper of the Heart. He didn't direct <gasps> it, but he, I think he he just wrote and boarded it. I think someone else directed it. God, I've watched that film so many times. I'm so glad you mentioned that because that's one of my favorite films. And it's like, God, I it, fucking love that people film, just man. don't really watch it. And people I'm just, don't. it's so good. I mean, it's like, it's one of those ones people just kind of overlook it. And I get it. But like, it's so. It's so, so I could watch that cute. like just on repeat. And it's also, it's one of the rare Miyazaki films where it kind of tackles what like actual modern day japan and like struggles of like a working class household Mm -hmm. while at the same time exploring something that no film really makes work that i've seen which is like that middle school love like (laughs) yeah (laughs) that is so that is like one of the most difficult things to get right and like they never even like kiss or anything like they don't really date throughout the movie but like you get it's a great it's a really good message and they just handle the characters so well and so delicately and god that scene where they're like playing the violin and all the old guys come down and start playing instruments while she's singing country road man that gets me every time (laughs) go watch that watch whisper of the heart turn this off you're not gonna get anything else out of this podcast just turn this off right now (laughs) i want you to put that on come back and you know you'll get You'll get way more out of this. There's so much you've probably missed in this podcast interview because you haven't seen that movie. I've actually alluded to it numerous times. <laughs> None of y'all have noticed. Um, God, that movie. I love that one. It's such a simple film, you know? What else? Um, Rick and Morty, One Punch Man. Everybody likes that stuff. Good the stuff. I like the stuff everybody else likes. If you like it, I probably like it too. I'm trying to think of just like more obscure shit that people don't really pay attention to. Um, I I'm I'm really just if I do watch animated stuff, I usually gravitate towards like the film festival independent animator stuff because that's the stuff that really like feeds my brain when I'm looking for new ideas. I love stuff by like Peter Peter Millard, um, Chris uh, wait Kirsten Lepore. And, like, Julia Potts, Don Hertzfeld. God, all those guys are so good. And there's so many other, like, you know, like, Japanese filmmakers are doing amazing stuff. Anybody who's graduating from Royal College of Art, like, God, you guys are kicking so much ass. Um, I mean, a lot of it, like, RISD animators, like, damn, like, I get inspired whenever my friend Simeone puts something out or, like, Felipe uh, Dupoy. Uh, who's a couple years behind me. God, his work is so good. Just, yeah, there's so many, like, RISD animators who, like, blow my mind, and I'm like, God, I wish I went to, I wish we were all in, like, one class and could have just, like, hung out together, but we're always, like, a few years separated. 
go check out those people I mentioned. They're they're worth your time. Go watch. Okay, in this order, go watch Whisper of the Heart, and then go watch everything else I mentioned. That's that's your homework for animation. Yeah. That's your animation network homework. Go watch that stuff. It's a it's a good list of stuff. Mm-hmm. Good starting point. And now we're at the end of our episode. So before we leave, is there any final advice you want to give? Any questions you have? Or just anything you want to add from what you've said before? Mm-hmm. Okay. I thought for a long time about the advice question because I realize my advice changes like every time I do an interview or like speak to a class or just like talk to somebody. And I'm like, I always realize I'm like, I shouldn't really be the one giving advice. Like a lot of you guys have most of this stuff figured out. And at the end of the day, I think most of you are going to make these mistakes anyway. Like there's not a lot I can tell you that's going to like really change your mind or inspire you. So I'm not going to like, I'm not going to give you some like broad strokes advice here. I'm just going to give you one simple thing to do that like, (laughs) you're probably not going to hear this from a lot of people. So I'm going to give you all some fashion advice. Oh. Okay. So here's your advice. Um, Never wear these two things to work ever in animation uh, number one, cargo pants. Number two, graphic tee. Don't do it. <laughs> Just don't. Guy or girl, I don't want to see them in the workplace. Um, couple of reasons for this. I used to wear these clothes to work. <laughs> Not, I don't recommend it because, you know, if you dress like a middle schooler, people will perceive you as a middle schooler. It's fascinating. A lot of animation people that work here, it's like, you know, it's just, it's something about being an animator. Like, we're not as cognizant about our, like, outward appearance. You know, we don't have to be on camera. Like, we're behind the camera. We're in a dark cave all day. We don't have to talk to people. So, you know, fashion, we don't, that's not the first thing we think about. We think about, like, you know, the work. We think about networking. But just think about it this way, guys. Like, you're a brand, your work your work, and yourself is always a brand, no matter how you're presenting yourself to people. So if you're going to networking events and you're not dressed nice, wearing your cotton Oxford and your chino pants and your dress shoes or your nice sneakers, people just kind of, they see you differently. Like there's nothing you can do that'll really change their mind if you're, if you show up wearing your like... <laughs> Wearing your, like, favorite anime shirt or your favorite cartoon shirt or something you got in Loot Crate that month. It's not... You're not gonna look good. So, when I changed my wardrobe, I converted my wardrobe a few years ago. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna be the best looking person in whatever studio I work in. Like, that's gonna be my goal. And you get treated differently. Like, within, like, a week of dressing well, like... People, they talk to you differently because you just look like someone who's important, you know? Even if you're, like, on the bottom of the totem pole, people can't help but, like, perceive you differently. Mm. And for that reason, you know, it's like I show up to BuzzFeed meetings now. And, like, I always make a point any day of the week. I'm like, I have these wrinkle-free... Oh, that's another thing. Don't ever buy a shirt you have to iron. Like, their <laughs> technology has come so far. You do not have to buy a shirt that you have to iron anymore. Find wrinkle-free shirts, okay? That's my second piece of advice. Anyway, okay, buy those shirts, wear them, wear some, like, olive green chinos, something that looks good on you. Buy some boots. Invest in some boots, guys. None of y'all are wearing boots. I want to see some boots on you guys. <laughs> okay. All right, so I've given you some simple fashion advice you show up to these meetings, I show up to these meetings, all my other coworkers, including my boss, are wearing things that are like, you know, they're casual wear, not bad looking, people at BuzzFeed look good, but they look, you know, it's casual. But when I'm like in these meetings, people make eye contact with me, they don't even know what I do, but they just assume I'm someone important. I had like, one of the head, like we had a meeting with one of the heads of BuzzFeed just to go over some stuff. And he kept looking at me and like asking me questions. And I'm like, you don't even know what I do. And you just <laughs> think I'm important because I'm wearing this shirt. But that's like, 
I never got those looks when I was wearing like my normal animation uniform of cargo pants, t-shirt. Um, and, but you show up and you make that commitment to wear chinos and like hundred degree weather that day. And people are like, this guy knows what he's talking about. This guy's important. This guy must be like the art director. And you know, you make, you get a good salary. Like you, you make more money. People consider you for stuff like it's subconscious, but they will think of you differently if you make that choice to dress well at work. Um, yeah. So also shoes. Um, I'm going to say don't ever wear sandals to work. Always wear good shoes. Mm. Some easy shoes to wear. White canvas sneakers. Uh, leather sneakers. Some nice boots. I want to see some nice boots. I'm talking shell out a couple hundred bucks for your boots i don't care how much you spend on your dark wash jeans but spend a lot of money on shoes because that is the that is the point people look from top to bottom when they're analyzing you and the last thing they see are always your shoes am i right you're right you're right right. okay from (laughs) even from a lady perspective tiara what's most important article of clothing a man can wear oh i don't know if i'm the one to ask for this I mean, would if, you say okay? Would you if say an outfit shoes looks put together, right up there? Shoes. I mean, I can't deny a good pair of shoes. Can't deny a good pair of shoes. Like, like, come on, come on, like, you, you gotta do. wear a good shirt. Good shoes. Gotta wear a good pair of shoes. <laughs> Look at you. Good I have a flip flop. Flip flop. Okay, not <laughs> the best example. Point is, guys, wear good shoes. Wear good pants. Wear a cotton Oxford just most days of the week for work. You know, if you're feeling lazy, I can't blame you if you want to wear a t-shirt that day and it's like 120 degrees because we live in L.A. But one piece of advice, dress nice for work, even if it's a casual environment. You get a lot more attention. People will look at you differently. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, uh, Animation Network first. Get some <laughs> fashion advice. Some fashion advice. I know it's weird to like, why are you didn't, you didn't turn on this podcast to listen <laughs> to someone ramble on for 10 minutes about fashion. But like, honestly, since I've been in LA, that has been one of the biggest things I've learned about having people perceive you differently at work uh, is for sure like dressing differently. And you, you also internally feel better because you're like every time you go in the bathroom you see yourself in the mirror you're like i looking great like you're not (laughs) like like, i look like i'm the boss of something like every day also at my last job i wore a tie a couple days a week yeah that's right guys (laughs) put on a tie try that out i'm not talking like a nice like silk like or whatever tie but like find like a nice cool wool tie Wear a tie with a tie bar and blow people's minds. They won't be able to handle themselves if you show up at Nick <laughs> as a board revisionist wearing a tie and a cotton Oxford. They're going to flip their shit. People are going to come up to you, shake your hand, and be like, please be in charge of whatever. Because <laughs> you look like you're the boss of something. So dress and look like the boss. Look like the... It's, it's that classic like piece of advice it's like dress for the job you want not the one you have but it's like be competitive in your head be like i'm gonna be the best dress person at work like that's what i said a couple years ago i was just like i'm gonna bet dress better than everybody else i'm just gonna do it and i dropped thousands of dollars on clothes but you know what it was a i think it was a great investment yeah i think it was a worthwhile investment to look good and look like you are an impressive person so you can't go wrong with that can't you look, go wrong. look good, you'll feel good. And that's how we're going to end this. So look good, feel good. Look good, feel good. Watch Whisper of the Heart. Yes. Look good, feel good. And l- watch all the other people that were recommended. Yes. Oh, and then watch all those other people I mentioned earlier. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining me today. It was great talking with you. Great uh, just sharing some knowledge, experience and thank you for having me tiara this was a lot of fun i was gonna say did you have fun i had a i i had a blast okay i gotta ask you some questions next time yeah i want to hear i want to hear the story of tiara 
you know i think i think the audience wants to hear it too the people so next time on animation network we're role reversing this i'm asking (laughs) tiara some hard-hitting questions we're gonna get to the we're gonna get to the bottom of this host you know one day guys one day i'm just (laughs) i'm I'm an open book i'll start my own animation podcast (laughs) (laughs) you can't rival us we're gonna do a rival one and i'm just gonna interview you every episode (laughs) Ask yeah. you the same questions. Well, we'll uh, put that in the works and then let it's everyone know. Tiara talks. <laughs> Only if I can change my voice so it doesn't sound like me. We'll put like, we're going to put like a vocalizer. Like yeah. one of those like. It's like it's anonymous, but it's clearly me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. I'm Tiara. <laughs> oh, auto-tune. Okay. Auto, auto-tune. We're thinking different things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Wrong thing. But like, we'll use one of those phone apps that makes you sound like T-Pain and you won't even know. Yeah, I, we'll is. work out the kinks of this. We'll, we'll work it out. We'll work on it. Yeah. Look out for that in the next year. Okay, yeah. guys? Just be <laughs> on the lookout. Tiara Talks. It's coming. It's coming. Okay. Well, thank you. Hope you have a great day. All right, I'm out. I'm leaving. Here I go. I'm leaving the studio. And this has been real. <laughs> He's gone. Okay. Every time I listen to this episode, I just end up cracking up all over again because like I said, Brent is hilarious. And if you haven't checked out his work already, I'll leave some of his links to his work and also to his short on the TAN website. And if you've been wanting to make your own work or your own content for a while, take this episode as a sign to just go and do it. Like we talked about in the episode, you want to make this a habit so that eventually it just becomes second nature to you. So go ahead, get started. I'm that magical sign you've been waiting for and now's the time to do it. And don't forget to look up Loop-de-Loop if you need a little extra help, a little extra push. That's a great place to start. Like we mentioned in the episode, it'll give you a theme, you have a deadline. So look into that if you can. And if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to rate, review, and share it. Remember, sharing is caring. And as always, thanks so much for tuning into and being a part of the Animation Network. (laughs) 